Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be with you this Wednesday evening. If you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, give me a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And, of course, one of the big stories that we saw today was Hunter Biden, who was like, I'm not going anywhere. All right. He decides to show up in Congress at the uh, contempt of Congress hearing that they were holding for him. And then he stormed out of there. And and there was a lot of interesting back and forth that went on there. Um, And when I say interesting, I mean interesting. They asked him a lot of questions. But the one that I think broke the Internet and really made its rounds was when the reporter is asking him a question and another republic uh, another reporter asks him another question and out of nowhere the original reporter yells what type of crack do you like to smoke it was just so bizarre it was so odd um control room do we have this audio all right so anyway hunter biden he decided to make a uh um a surprise showing at the uh, Capitol Hill hearing today. And uh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, I also wanted to, there was a story here that I really wanted to get to, uh, is that now um, uh, it seems Fannie Willis, who I like to call Funny Willis, Funny Willis also met with uh, officials in the White House uh, after the prosecution of President Trump, in addition to her top investigator, who happened to be her boyfriend, also uh, meeting with folks at the White House. So that's that. Now, uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit uh, before we move on to good old Dr. Fauci, because he's there's some news on him today. Um, I want you to hear this one clip, and I'll play it again later on tonight. So trust me, you'll get tired of hearing this clip. But just imagine you're, you know, you're a senator or a, a, a congressman, a representative in the House, and, you know, you're doing what you do, and you're like, oh, I guess Hunter's not coming in today. Well, I guess we're going to have to have a contempt of Congress hearing and uh, yada, yada, yada. And then, oh, here I am. I'm Hunter. Where's Hunter? Hunter's here. And he shows up and then he storms out of there. And in his storming out, the media asks him a million questions. Listen to this. 
I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement. What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? (laughs) You got the reporter that's really trying to set up a question here, and he's arguing with the other guy, and he's like, shut up, I want to ask a question. And then this guy comes and says, what type of crack do you like to smoke, Mr. Biden? Go ahead, play it again. I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement. What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? What is going on in Washington? Unbelievable. Listen, I'm no fan of Joe El Baboso Biden, and I don't even know Hunter Biden. Um, I just know what, I, what I've read about him and that he had a laptop, and he said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then it turns out it was totally his, and he's like, all right, it was mine. You know, so he doesn't seem like an incredibly trustworthy guy. But what I can say is that uh, I don't think that was a fair question, right? What type of crack? Yeah, the type that goes in pipes, sir. I mean, how, how does he answer that? I think that was very, very unfair. I really do. Uh, Speaker Johnson says he's not concerned about getting ousted uh, potentially because of this bad budget deal that uh, he's a party to putting together. We'll see how that plays out. <clears throat> and Dr. Fauci, right, the Fouchster. He, uh, he finally he, he finally says that COVID uh, might have been a failure, and he's admitting that the lag, lab leak theory is credible. Uh, he also um, told schools to impose uh, vaccine mandates and even praised Trump on China. Listen to this. Dr. Fauci said social distancing and the six-foot rule was not based on scientific data. Despite efforts to silence lab leak theorists, Fauci admitted it's not a conspiracy. Uh, Fauci flip-flopped during the first seven-hour session of grilling before the House. Dr. Anthony Fauci admitted that um, the theory that Rand Paul, him and Rand Paul always went at it, um, the lab leak theory was um, was credible now that more light has been shed on the, uh, on the origins of it. So he says. Then, uh, let's see, da-da-da-da-da, he kept going, he kept going. The roundabout here, you know, his uh, about face is significant because he was, you know, one of the top guys, one of the chief architects of a 2020 paper that discounted the whole lab leak theory. Fauci's friends and former colleagues also spearheaded a paper in The Lancet, which is a a medical journal that called believers um, of this theory, conspiracy theorists and racists. No way. No kidding. Right. I mean, come on. We've seen this stuff before. Fauci, who's 83 years old, uh, was sat in front of a House committee for for two um, for two seven hour sessions uh, of questions. That's a lot of a lot of times to sit and answer questions. That's for sure. So let's see. Anyway, so Fauci says, yep, lab leak uh, was likely a thing. No kidding. No kidding. Unbelievable. Anyway, we've got that. We've got Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, he's not doing great. He hasn't been doing great for a while. And he's looks like he's um, losing or has lost, I should better say. Um, he's totally lost the confidence of those in the Senate and the House. How, how that works out, we're about to find out shortly. And, of course, your calls are welcome if you want to join the conversation. Again, the number is 866-505-4626. That's the uh, Jimbo Legacy line. Of course, 8334 valdez is the number for me. 
And uh, we'll be getting into that. I also want to talk about a little bit later in the next hour, um, something called a sleep divorce. I don't know if you know what that is, but we're going to hear a little bit more about what sleep divorces are and how that pans out uh, because that's interesting to know. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. I am Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. By the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations, somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing. Are people listening, right? That's but right. But you're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. But I must join in the sadness of this day. Uh, the sadness of this day because it is not constitutionally grounded. It is not constitutionally sound. It is not going to save any lives. Uh, at all, and there is nothing that you have put forward today that evidences uh, in any way uh, a impeachable offense by Secretary Mayorkas, the first immigrant to serve in this position. A dislike of the president's policy is not, is not a basis for impeachment. A basis for impeachment is corruption, abuse of power, betrayal of the nation, and that is, of course, allegations. You, as witnesses, I am sorry to say, Mr. Chairman, have borne no testimony that indicates that Secretary Marcus has done any of that. That's Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee uh, saying Mayorkas hasn't done anything impeachable. How dare you? She sounds like Greta Thunberg, right? Flipping out here because uh, she thinks this is just a, a witch hunt. The whole thing is a hoax. Uh, just go figure, right? Imagine Alejandro Mayorkas, who's in charge of our southern border and a lot of other things. But, you know, let's just say that was enough for him to be in charge of. And is he really in charge? Well, it's clear he's not. That's what's going on um, in in Congress. And um, Senator Roger Marshall, um, he's been out there. He's been on the forefront of this saying that he has he wants to bring a no confidence resolution uh, and, and did bring that no confidence resolution of Secretary Mayorkas to the Senate floor because he's been derelict in his duties. And he also says that Mayorkas has lied multiple times under oath uh, to Congress. Now, if that's true, which I, I tend to think it is, then Mayorkas has conducted himself in a manner that is consistent with getting impeached. So we're going to get to the bottom of that with none other than Senator Roger Marshall, uh, a physician and senator from the great state of Kansas. Senator, welcome. Rich, what a night. And I hope your listeners, by the way, listen to President Trump on his town hall a second ago, too. He was on fire. Oh, yeah. We got a lot Tearing of it up tonight, though. But, but boy, it's good. So let, let's talk about this, because I think a lot of people have been really, um, I don't want to say bloodthirsty, but for lack of a better word, I, I'll say it, have <laughs> been eager to, to see uh, some accountability of Secretary Mayorkas. And um, is it safe to say that we can start to get a little um, um, ready? Can We can get prepared. We can get uh, excited to, to think 
that we're actually going to see some accountability? You know, absolutely, Rich. I think you nailed it, though, that that the American people want to see accountability, that the number one uh, national security threat to this country is our open southern border. Every state is a border state, every city a border state, 300,000 young Americans dead from fentanyl poisoning, and that's the tip of the iceberg. You know, your little intro there from Congresswoman uh, Jackson, I just would respectfully disagree. The impeachment hearing is about high crimes and misdemeanors. And it's really up to that committee, to the House, to decide what's a high crime or misdemeanor. But I'm going to be very specifically here. The number one law that Andrew Mayorkas broke is is uh, the, the parole issues that he's doing, that he, that he has given parole to 1.7 million illegal immigrants, uh, groups at a time, dozens, thousands at a time. And the parole law clearly states it should be one person at a time, a case-by-case situation. He's derelict in his duties in the sense that he's not, uh, that he's broke the law, and also he's not enforced the law. The Secure Defense Act of 2006 says he has to maintain operational control of the border. Mm-hmm. With, with, with over a million and a half gotaways, how can you say you have operational control that brings us to his lies to Congress when he tells us that he has operational control, that there's no crisis going on there. Um, and, and we could continue this, but he's derelict in his duties. He's broken his oath. He's not kept our border secure. He's not protected us. His oath says to protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. He's done none of those. That's absolutely, I think, grounds for impeachment. Now, let's talk about um, the allegations that he's lied under oath. And it seems to me like he has. He seems very inconsistent uh, with, you know, with the facts. Right? <laughs> People ask him questions. He says, no, no, that wasn't that way. He's, he's real clear about his response, but it never really matches up to everything that we can see with our own two eyes. It's happening at the border. Um, I know that you've uh, called him out for lying multiple times under oath to Congress. Uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Well, I, I think, um, you know, how, how do you know when he's lying, when his, when his lips are moving? But I, I think when we, <laughs> when, when we uh, you know, just discuss with him, you know, what exactly is going on the, when the border, when the FBI director is sitting right next to him and, and he says he's, he's never, he looks, everywhere he looks, he sees blinking lights that, of the dangers going on across the country. Hundreds of, of known terrorists have been let loose in the country. I mentioned the one and a half million gotaways already, the 26 mm-hmm. Chinese nationals. Um, what am I missing here? The tens of thousands of aliens of interest as well. And for him to sit there right next to the FBI director and say, uh, there's no crisis, there's operational control at the border. I think that's the basic lie to the American people. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And with, um, with your um, resolution for a, a no uh, of, of no confidence, what's the um, the significance of that? Is it just an on the record statement saying, "Hey, we think you stink," um, or is it um, uh, a procedural thing that would help with uh, impeachment? I think there's there's several reasons that we went ahead and did it. We actually introduced the resolution last April. We're kind of waiting for the right moment to ask for this unanimous consent. We want to get the Democrats on the record. We want to get them on the record that they, if, if they will not agree with this unanimous consent, that we have no confidence in him. So the impeachment has to originate on the House side. And then if they, if they impeach him, then it comes over to us for the trial. 
So we wanted to get the Democrats on record, which we did. And I think it was ironic that only one Democrat had enough guts to show up and and speak on behalf of Mayorkas. Only one Democrat versus there was, I guess, a half a dozen Republicans in favor of this motion of, of no confidence in the secretary. As we listened to his argument, it occurred to me that this to them is an immigration issue. But to me, it's a national security issue. I'd love to fix a broken immigration system, but to me, what the priority is is to is is the national security issue. Number one threat to our national security right now is, is that open border. So I put the Democrats on the record. And the last thing I would say is this: public sentiment in many ways drives an impeachment hearing, and we want that drum to be beating. Just like you know, we appreciate you speaking about it tonight, Rich. That. That you know, putting some wind beneath the wings of the Republicans over there doing this hearing. This is very important. Public sentiment is important when it comes to an impeachment hearing. Well, I can tell you, uh, when people call this show, and we air um, not in all fifty states, but but from one coast to the other for sure. And we get so much response from people where uh, I would say it's probably one of the top issues that people are are um, are really hot about is immigration. And uh, Mayorkas seems to be so I think what's really particularly infuriating about him is that he's not just a slimy politician or like you said, if his lips are moving, he's lying. But it's it's more so that he he tries to deflect every time he's asked a question, makes it seem like nothing's going on. Everything's okay. Sure, we have operational control when I think everybody's not blind and they can see what's happening and people feel like. You know, your your testimony and your actions and your job, in effect, is is by every sense an insult to the to the intelligence of every American. Yeah. Tell that to the 300,000. Yeah. Tell that to the 300,000 American families who lost a loved one from fentanyl poisoning. Tell them that the border Mm. is under control. But to your first point, first of all. The border is the number one emotional issue to folks back home. This is what they talk about the the most, is the border, and that they don't feel safe anymore. Look, we're numb to inflation, just absolutely numb from inflation. I I know they're saying inflation is only 20%. When I go get groceries, it feels like my groceries are up. 30%. 30%. You can no longer afford to buy a new home. If you're, I, I have kids that are you know, young, married with kids and, you know, they can't afford to buy a new, a new home. The, the mortgage rate, um, is, the mortgage payment has literally doubled. Um, so it is just totally infuriating to, to Americans to think that this border is open. Yet the number one job of the president is what? Is to keep us secure. That's what my job is up here. When I wake up in the morning, the most important thing to me is to keep your family safe and secure. And then number two, I'd like to have you, you know, your, your family have a good shot at the American dream, a strong economy, all those other things that are important. But first and foremost, it's national security. It's keeping you safe. It's peace through strength. And that's what Joe Biden has abandoned. He doesn't give a darn about you and your family and your health. You're safe. You're, you're 100% right. Senator Roger Marshall. Uh, physician and uh, coming from Kansas. Senator Marshall, stand by. We're coming right back to you. We're going to continue this conversation on Mayorkas and the border. Folks, don't go anywhere. Our phone number is 833-482-5337-833-4 Valdez. Coming right back with Senator Marshall. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. known you several years now. I want the audience to know what a wonderful, decent person you are. Very, very thoughtful. America at Night with Rich Valdez. I think we are interested as Democrats in providing the administration with tools that will help better manage the border. We are not interested in taking away from the administration tools that they use today to help better manage the border. And so when we talk about this topic of parole, it is very important to understand that it is used today as a way that the administration is able to better manage the flow in a planful way of individuals to the border. All right, familia, welcome back, amigos and this is uh, a clip that you're listening to from Senator Chris Murphy. Uh, of course, we have uh, one of his colleagues on, Senator Roger Marshall, um, who's brought this uh, no-confidence resolution and is looking to his colleagues in the House to bring forth this impeachment so we can move forward on holding Mayorkas accountable. Senator Marshall, when you hear uh, Senator Murphy uh, say that we're not interested in taking away Biden's ability to parole millions of illegal aliens— um, what's your response to that? How do you react? Rich, my, if you were here in my, in my, I'm here in my living room, my head just exploded. I had not heard him say that, but, but again, <laughs> your listeners, your listeners need to understand this. The Democrats, number one option is to do nothing. They want to maintain this chaos. The same set of laws that, that Donald Trump was able to get the numbers down to, I, I don't know, a thousand a day that we're now having 10, 12, 13,000 a day. Same set of laws, but, but the presidents manipulate them. Their goal is to get as many people across that border and into states so that they can get an extra congressman. You know, it's divvied up. We have 435 congressional districts. Uh, if they can get, you know, an, an extra number of whatever would be 80,000, 90,000 people in a certain state, you know, maybe that pushes them over to get an extra seat. Uh, they're talking about not, re- not registering these people uh, to vote. They're just going to let them vote without any type of ID. They don't care if they're a citizen or not. This is their goal. America needs to understand the Democrats want this problem, and they're willing to let 300 Americans die every day from fentanyl poisoning in order to achieve the goal. But this parole, this is exactly what I was attack- talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. This is the law that they are breaking. The, the law clearly says to use the parole, it needs to be a case-by-case basis. And instead, this president is letting tens of thousands of people in at a time on this parole. And that's why it's so important that we address that policy and, and figure out a way to, to tie Joe Biden's hands when it comes to using parole. Now, what does a strategy look like to do that? Because obviously you've got uh, Mayorkas and Biden, and they seem to be pulling the strings of everybody else down at the border. They've turned our border agents into travel agents, letting them pick what, you know, which bus do you want to get on? Which city do you want to go to? 
And we've got a, a huge problem. And if we can't rein in Biden and Mayorkas, how do we actually effectuate change? You know, you, you again, Rich, you're spot on. Elections do matter. What I'm learning through this process is no matter what laws we write, if you have an evil president that wants to harm this country, he's going to figure out a way to do it. Joe Biden has no regard for the law. The Supreme Court says he can't do student loans. He still does student loans. The Supreme Court tells him he can't uh, end Title 42. He continues to work ways, ways around it. So number one is elections matter. No matter what type of law we try to write here to tighten up these immigration laws, Joe Biden and Mayorkas are going to find a way to get around it. That's why we need to fire Mayorkas today. We need to send notice to Joe Biden that he's next. In 300 days, we're firing him. Um, so they manipulate the laws in different ways. They just ignore the laws. Elections do matter. Amen to that. Uh, I like the way that sounds. And um, it's it's important, I think, because, uh, yeah, obviously we got to vote these people out. But we also have, you know, I think people are looking to, to folks in, in Congress, folks in the Senate, to, to, to bring the heat. And I think you're, you're, you're doing that in, in so much as bringing these, these uh, resolutions. Uh, ultimately, this is, uh, I think, holding his feet to the fire, keeps the, the media kind of in check where they've kind, they're kind of forced to cover it, right? They can't ignore it and say that, you know, we're doing the right thing or whatever, that, you know, we started these problems in the Northern Triangle or blame it on climate change or blame it on whatever they, else would they like to blame it on. Ultimately, uh, I think when when this is happening, that they're forced to uh, report on it. Or is that naive of me to think? Well, Rich, I I think you're right in the sense that I am seeing the national media finally starting to carry some of these pictures that you and I have been talking about. I've been at the border, I think, three or four times now, um, and the media refused to, to show them. But now, for whatever reason, they're being forced to show them. I think, number one, when you see the challenges in Chicago and New York City, uh, in some of these sanctuary cities, that they're realizing the impact that's, that go, that's going on in those cities, let alone just remember what it's like in Texas when it's exponentially worse. When they're getting that 10,000, know, probably three or 4,000 people per day in different, into different communities just being flooded by it. So even, even today, senators, Democrat senators are walking up to me and whispering, we hope we can figure this out. This is unsustainable. Um, we lost another person in my community from fentanyl poisoning. Those types of conversations are happening, but uh, we can't talk enough about it. I think that this will be the defining issue of this next presidential election. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, and let me just remind our audience uh, that we're on with uh, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, uh, Republican from Kansas. Uh, he's a physician and and he's uh, he's bringing the heat. He's bringing the heat, saying that my Arcus has lied. He's brought forward a no-confidence resolution of Secretary Mayorkas to the Senate floor, saying he's derelict in his duties. And uh, hopefully this is just a foreshadowing. It's just the beginning. Um, Dr. Senator Marshall, I want you to stand by. I have a couple more questions for you. I'm not sure if you heard uh, some of the stuff that Fauci's had to say where he says, yeah, there, there might be some validity to this lab leak theory and other things. I'd like to pick your brain on that stuff when we come back. Folks, you want to join the conversation, feel free. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez.
This is America. This is Night. This is Rich Valdez. You know, when they hit me with this question, uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, was not a huge factor in my administration. He became a much bigger factor in Biden's administration. Uh, he was there. He was somebody that was in government for 40 years. He did it for 40 years. That's uh, so a long time. And what do I say? You know, you've been doing this for 40 years, get out. But he wasn't a big factor with me. Uh, he was a really big factor after I left with Biden. Former President Trump uh, on the uh, town hall stage tonight talking about Dr. Fauci. Of course, you've got a, a separate debate going on with Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And uh, Chris Christie's bailed out. He's no longer in the race. Our guest is uh, Senator Roger Marshall. And Senator, I want to, uh, uh, to get your thoughts on Dr. Fauci. He, he claims that he's open to the ideas, keeping an open mind um, with respect to... The lab leak theory that, you know, this may have been um, accidentally leaped, leaked from the Wuhan lab. What are your thoughts on um, Dr. Fauci? Yeah, I, th I think Dr. Fauci is another person I, I, I'm surprised can sleep at night, being at least loosely responsible for the death of a million Americans. Look, Dr. Fauci loved gain-of-function research. For 20 years, he was working on gain-of-function research. He, he and the, the laboratory down at North Carolina University figured out how to do the protein spike. We were funding Wuhan in this particular research as well. Uh, Wuhan had even sent us an application for the research project designing exactly how they would make something like COVID-19. Mm. All the evidence points that this virus was made in a lab in Wuhan, China, partially funded with American doctors, American dollars and, and Dr. Fauci's hands all over this. I have no doubt if I had a jury in front of me, I could get a, 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 a liability lawsuit against him. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I mean, what are the chances? What are the chances of this virus um, being, you know, starting in Wuhan, China, probably one of two or three places in the world that was doing research on this? Uh, I mean, coincidence don't happen. It was just it was a perfect virus. It was already adapted. Uh, a perfect protein spike that fit onto human lung cells. You know, we even grew the mice in our own laboratories in North Carolina that had this receptor, a human receptor on their lung cells. Wow. We shipped those to China to, to and we, we, well, we taught them, we taught Dr. Xi how to do this protein spike and to do this gain of function. So yeah, Fauci's hands are all over this. This virus was made in a lab in Wuhan, China, and, and we can prove it. Outstanding. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking, how does, how does, you know, luckily you're trying to hold my Orcus accountable, but how does anybody hold Fauci accountable? He says what he wants. He does what he wants. Then he retires and he's out the door. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a tough one. He's, he's one of the, the toughest people we've ever had as a witness. The problem, the, the way we do these hearings is I get five minutes with him. Rand Paul gets five minutes with him. And, you know, this is pretty heady stuff. You know, he and I, Rand and I are both doctors. Uh, uh, Bill Cassidy, Dr. Cassidy does a good job with it as well. But everyone else is off on some type of social social ventures. So it's tough as nails to hold him accountable. Um, gosh, people could go to our website, marshall.senate.gov. We have a videotape uh, that, that we made, a kind of a YouTube film just describing the history of COVID. I was the first person in Congress January of 2020 
talking about this, that this was going to be a problem. Uh, but it, it, it's tough to hold him accountable at this point in time. It would take some type of a COVID commission, like a 911-style COVID right. commission. And by the way, I uh, worked on that across the aisle and and got it passed out of committee as, as well, but we didn't get the House to ever take it up. So it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Now, before uh, we part ways tonight, Senator, I wanted to get your take on on what you see happening with um, with with politics moving forward. Uh, we've got President Biden, who is the presumptive nominee for the Democrats. He doesn't seem to be campaigning much. And I understand he thinks he has some incumbency protection, but um, he's not even on the ballot in certain states. Uh, to me, as an observer of politics for a couple of decades, I tend to think this guy's not taking this run seriously and he he's not going to be the guy uh, am I alone in that thinking? Do you agree with me? What are your thoughts? On, on I'm sorry, on whether Joe Biden's going to be the nominee or not? Yeah. Well, gosh. Um, so I'm not a politician. I I'm truly am, am a physician. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, think, I think anything could, could happen. Um, I, sure. I'm, I, you know, I could sure see something happening to his health suddenly, um, and he's unable to, to move forward. A whole lot of things could happen. You know, all I can tell you is elections do matter. What I do know is if Donald Trump is elected, we're going to have a secure border. We're going to have a strong military. We're going to have have adequate energy. We're we're going to drill, baby, drill. That we're going to bring down inflation. We're going to stabilize the economy. We're going to roll back regulations. That's what I know. I can't control what the Democrats can go can, are going to do, but we have to get Donald Trump across the finish line. People need to get out and vote. If they want to vote early, it's okay. Uh, we're going to have to get out there and you know chase some ballots legally. Do it the legal way. We've got to get Donald Trump across the finish line. It's just that simple. Outstanding, Senator. Um, let everybody know how they could follow you online or uh, through your website so they could keep up to speed with the great work you're doing. Yeah, I, I think if you just go to marshall.senate.gov, uh, that's the simplest thing. And certainly you do any type of a Google re- uh, search for uh, Roger Marshall, MD, Senator Roger Marshall, MD. They're going to find our Twitter and Facebook and all those types of things as well. The website's marshall.senate.gov. Well, Senator Marshall, uh, you are a uh, gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot. I thank you for uh, spending some time with us tonight and uh, helping us understand what's going on because there's there's just a lot going on, and uh, Americans are really, really interested in hearing from you, so I appreciate it. You bet, Rich. All of, all of us patriots, we patriots, we need to stand up and fight now. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. You bet. Godspeed to you, sir. Folks, we continue with your calls, reactions, thoughts, and more. Uh, straight ahead, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Again, our phone number, 833-482-5337. Let's hit the phones. I want to check in with Bill on America's oldest radio station, KDKA, out of Pittsburgh. Bill, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome back. Hi, Rich. You're you're right. This is the oldest, and we are filling it. I mean, we are gray-haired, hair is falling out, KDKA. Hmm. But anyways... uh, 
I, I talked to your screen. I, I was talking to your screener, and I, I couldn't remember the names of the couple. But it was back during World War II when uh, uh, the Rosenbergs were, were found guilty of treason and, and uh, uh, collateral or I think it was espionage, right? Collaborating with the enemy, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. And, and you're right. That was a, that was a big deal. And uh, they were sentenced to death. Yes. Well, why do we, okay. I know they're, they're, they're talking impeachment with my orcas, my orcas, uh, Biden and all this, which, I think all of us with a with a bit of a brain all know that they have collaborated in a way with uh these treasonous acts that they have uh they have uh done. Uh I, I, I can't understand why we can't go beyond Congress and why these people can't be judged in a court and found guilty termination. Yeah, well, you know, I, I love your passion, and I can tell you this. Part of the problem is uh, treason is very, very specifically uh, written, the, the rules for that. And it's designed so that you can't throw it around very flippantly and get mad at somebody. Oh, you're a treasonist, and, you know, and just, and just uh, you know, lob this at them. Um, it, it consists of, of aiding and abetting the enemy, in particular at a time when the United States uh, or, or a territory that the United States is at war with. Um, that, that's part of it. I think the the other part of it is that there's a um, an unwillingness, I think, amongst those in government to really hold people accountable for anything. Uh, it's kind of something we were talking about earlier with Senator Marshall, is that there's a lot of um, retail theft. There's a lot of uh, of people that are just seeing things um, dissipate in society and things are getting worse and worse. And they're just kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, here we are. And, and I think that's part of the problem where people don't, um, they, they don't, they don't care as much as they used to. And I think we're seeing that with the lack of, of, of enforcement of, of certain laws. And that's why people act up the way they do. So I'm with you. I think we need a more, uh, harsher in, enforcement. I just, uh, don't know if, uh, sentencing someone to death, for um, uh, treason is necessarily going to be the answer. It might be a, a tough road to prove, a tough a tough road to follow in order to get justice that way. That's something we, that remains to be seen. But I think that's ultimately where we land. And I agree with you that we have to hold these people accountable. We need to know what's going on. Otherwise, we don't know what's going on. And you can't live your life in the dark, right? You, you've got to be able to know what's going on and and hold these people accountable. So, uh, excellent thought, good good call. I appreciate it. Uh, a big shout out to Bill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, KDKA. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Uh, let me see. Let's go to Paul, Boise, Idaho. Paul, go right ahead. Thanks for taking my call, Rich. Yes, sir. Um, first thing, the first thing I kind of wanted to bring up was. Um, Gay, you got like 30 uh, seconds before the music kicks in. Okay, the, the president of Harvard. I mean, what I've come up with is it's the it's kettle calling the, the yeah. uh, thing black. Right, right. Pot calling the kettle black. What do you think about Mayorkas? 
I think I lost you, Paul. Well, Paul, I appreciate it. The music means we got to go either way. Thank you for your call. I always appreciate hearing from you. And it's about accountability, folks. It's about accountability. Will we see accountability? Will we get it? I don't know. Uh, but uh, we definitely have to continue pursuing it. Don't go anywhere. We continue our discussion straight ahead. By the way, anybody know what a sleep divorce is? But we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Don't go anywhere, folks. I'm Rich Valdez coming right back. city that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. It's hour number two of our program, Wednesday night. Welcome to the show, 833-482-5337 is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. And uh, Hunter Biden made a surprise at the contempt of Congress hearing that was being held because he said he wasn't going. And then he showed up, and then he stormed out of there and reporters were asking him all sorts of crazy questions. If you were listening in the first hour, there was one reporter who literally asked him what type of crack he likes to smoke. Now, I'm not going to burden you with hearing that yet again, but just imagine, you know, you're a former addict and you're walking down the, the halls of Congress and, you know, somebody is from across the room saying, hey, what type of crack do you like to smoke? I mean, it's, I think that's just insane to even ask a question like that. Uh, where's the relevance of it, right? Um, ask something else. You know, why'd you lie about the laptop? You know, how much money have you given your dad? Uh, all sorts of questions that there are to ask. Not this one. This was a, such a simple thing that made no sense to get rid of. <clears throat> to to ask, you know what I mean? It, it didn't do anything. But anyway, uh, that that was that part. Uh, then there is, um, let's see, uh, the judge in the New York City trial against... Um, Donald Trump says, um, no, he will not allow him to give his own closing arguments. Uh, what a surprise there. Uh, Dr. Fauci has finally admitted that some COVID uh, failures uh, root back to the, to the origins and that this may have been a lab leak, as many have speculated on this program and others. And uh, voila, here we are. So Dr. Fauci's um, correcting the record a little bit. Good for him, I guess, right? Speaker Johnson says he's not concerned that they're going to give him the boot because he um, has made a deal that is not very favorable to a lot of uh, conservative Republicans. So um, that's uh, the scoop on that part. And Secretary Austin, Secretary of Defense, he's still out there, right, in... uh, in La La Land, I should say. And I don't mean to, I'm not trying to make light of his illness. Um, I understand he has prostate cancer. 
But I'm just saying he's out there and he's he's not reporting for duty. And this remains to be um, an issue for some, a non-issue for many others. And it fascinates me that people just don't care. They don't care who's running the country, how it's being run, et cetera, et cetera. They're just like, oh, is there somebody? All right, super. Yeah, I'll take it. That stuff is crazy. Anyway, that's a little bit about what's going on there. I also wanted to talk about something I brought up earlier. Um, We were talking a little bit about something dubbed a sleep divorce. Now, there's a recent survey from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, and it's found that over one-third of couples now choose to sleep apart from their spouse. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. I'm snoring is one. Uh, but there is an actual study. And over a third of Americans have opted for something called a sleep divorce. Isn't that something? All right, we've got, let's see, most men are likely to hit the sofa or the guest room. 45% reporting they occasionally and consistently sleep in another room. Compared with just uh, one-fourth or 25% of women who have admitted the same. So what is going on? People are snoring and they're just like, look, I've had enough. Or are people, you know, going back home and visit their family and friends and, and um, you know, keeping people awake when they're on these visits? I don't know. But we're going to get to the bottom of all of this stuff with Jill Robin Payne. She's an author and psychotherapist. She's got a brand new book out there called Meeting People. It's not a game. Jill Robin Payne, welcome back. Happy New Year. <laughs> Same to you, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. And... I'm um, I'm really curious about this because I um, I snore a little bit now, but I used to snore like a wood chipper before I had <laughs> surgery for uh, sleep apnea in my twenties, and yeah. it was it was horrible. Then uh, they tightened right. everything up with the surgery called a UPPP, and voila, they remove your uvula, they tighten everything up. There's a bunch of uh, stitches that they put in there. You can barely snore for the next ten years. Um, and it, 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 you know, pulls the skin so taut and the tissue so taut in your airway that it remains uh, open, um, and, you know, a lot more open than normal. So that was uh, what the doctors opted to do for me. But a lot of people opt for the um, uh, continuous uh, airway pressure, the CPAP machine, and, mm-hmm. and others. So let's talk about sleep divorces uh, because snoring is an issue. And it's not just snoring. But it might be some other habits. Help us understand. Right. Jill Robin Payne. Well, so one, it's it's easier just to, you know, talk to your spouse and say, hey, let, let's sleep separately. Uh, when When you have something like snoring that is something to look into or restless leg syndrome, these are, you know, medical conditions. I highly recommend that people look into that because when you do have sleep apnea, uh, a lot of times you stop breathing, and so that causes I mean, it can mm-hmm. cause a lot of problems, high blood pressure and so forth, as you know. And uh, so that's, that's what I recommend. But what people are doing, and it got uh, – uh, during COVID is when this really started to 
get trendy because people were with each other 24-7. And so by the time bedtime came, it was just sort of nice to take a break from each other. So uh, that's, that's another reason this started to uh, ramp up. And just like you said, there's a lot of reasons. People are pregnant, having kids. They're being with the kids. A lot of the guys do fall asleep. Even my husband, he'll fall asleep in the chair. I do not know how you all do that, but he'll just fall asleep in the chair, and then I'll wake him up and ask him to come to bed. Uh, so mm. this is why people are doing it, and it does work. It depends on how you do it. So uh, if there's other things going on in the marriage and there's a disconnect and you're all not getting along, I don't recommend sleep divorce. And it, it, it's a funny word, right? Because you hear divorce and what do you think oh, of? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, okay, you think of separation. And so a lot of times people do this. And I do recommend sometimes if this is happening, definitely do it during the week. Uh, and then on the weekends, you come together. But before you do this, I have a lot of couples, Rich, come in. And because a lot of people today, both, both people are working, okay? Both partners are working right. and raising kids. And, uh, and then a lot of them are on the Internet late, and they use that for relaxation, which really isn't for relaxation, except they do it. And so when this happens and they don't go to bed at the same time, that sort of also is a sleep divorce. I recommend before one party goes to bed, do some pillow talk, either get on the couch together and lie down and snuggle, uh, do it for at least 15 minutes, if not more, or watch, watch a, a, a movie together or do a game where you're interacting and have some type of ritual where you're connecting. Because if you do do the sleep divorce, it can cause some problems. It can cause some disconnect because you, you and I know that when you touch and cuddle, that you know, gives this oxytocin and it makes you feel good and it builds up trust and, uh, and connection. So these are things we have to watch out for when we're doing the sleep divorce. Well, I want to continue our conversation on sleep divorce because, again, it is a crazy word. But I think for some people, they think, well, it makes a lot of sense, right? If you're making a lot yeah, of noise, right. we need to sleep. I can't keep you up all night. I don't want you to right. be uh, drained by tomorrow. So, you know, I'll, I'll hit the couch or whatever, vice versa, and we'll figure it out. But at the same time, you want to be with your significant other, and you don't want to have to sleep in a separate room just to make it work so that they don't uh, feel overwhelmed the following day because they didn't sleep enough. So we've got to get to the bottom of that as well. Folks, we're on with Jill Robin Payne, uh, psychotherapist and author of Meeting People, it's not a game. And we're going to talk about that as well. Plus your calls on this topic, 833-4825-337-833-4 Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-482-5337. For Valdez, that's Valdez with an S. America at Night 
with Rich Valdez. So we know that poor sleep can worsen your mood. And those who are sleep deprived are more likely to argue with their partners. There may be some resentment towards the person causing the sleep disruption, which can negatively impact relationships. And that could be something as simple as hogging the covers. So I want to get back with Jill Robin Payne, psychotherapist and author of Meeting People. It's not a game. And Jill Robin Payne, we have a call from Sue in Schwenksville, Pennsylvania on WXDE. And uh, she's got a tip on one of those topics. Sue, go right ahead. You're on with Jill Robin Payne and Rich Valdez. Well, first, a little humor. I, I think one reason that people might want to sleep in separate beds is garlic breath. But other than that, <laughs> um, I was been hearing. <laughs> I don't mind snoring at all. I think that's very. I kind of like it. But I've heard a lot about the Scandinavian sleep method. And um, as it turns out, your call screener uh, is shared with me that he and his wife do the Scandinavian sleep method. And that's where people stay in the same bed, but they have different sets of covers. What does your guest um, have to offer us on that topic? Wow. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Matter of fact, I have what is called a sleep number bed. And we do that. It's separate beds, but they're together. So even that is even called sleep divorce if you have two beds in the same room. And I highly recommend things like what she is saying. Thanks, Sue. That's good advice. Uh, Earplugs people need to do. Some people use ear pods and they put on some uh, wonderful music or some meditation, and it really truly does block out the snoring. So these are, these are some things that you can do. You can have beds that have different temperatures because temperature is also a key. So there are some solutions to this. Uh, there are people, though, that like to sleep in separate rooms. So uh, I, I highly recommend what Sue is saying to do some of these things first because being together is really key because we're doing so much today. You know, we're out there working, taking care of the kids, and we need some interaction together to build that trust and that oxytocin. Makes a lot of sense to me, uh, Jill yeah. Robin Payne. And honestly, it's um, I, I think it's an interesting uh, uh, phenomena, if you will, really. Um, some people are probably thinking, hey, it's just sleeping. I think it goes beyond that. Because I think that this is a bone of contention for a lot of couples. And um, these these innovative ways to have different temperature, different firmness, different beds, in fact, that are kind of maybe joined at the hip are uh, um, genius ways, I think, to, to keep the peace, if you will. Uh, so I appreciate that. Now, Joe Robin Payne, uh, I also want you to tell us a little bit about your uh, your book, Meeting People. It's not a game. Tell us more about it. Right. So it's meeting people. It's not a game. And it says your path to genuine connections through something called empathy, which is something that I created. We've talked about it before. It's banner with empathy. And Mm -hmm. actually, that's something good to do when you're having sleep divorce before you do it, to banter with empathy. I have something in my book. It's called timing and position. If I go down Westheimer and 
Houston, Texas, uh, I can just as easily hit all red lights as all green lights. You want to make sure your partner is in tune to having a conversation and you want to, you know, so for, for the timing to be correct and him to be or he or she or them to be in the right position for, for talking. So what this book does is if people are seeking friends partners or lovers. That's what this book's about. And that's the first half. It tells you how to find these people and how to, uh, how to keep them is the second book. So if you want to have a partner or a lover, it tells you how to keep it sizzling. If you want to have a friendship, it tells you how to get the friendship even deeper. And people are having trouble with this uh, in today's age. You would not believe that I was just talking to somebody today, uh, yeah, today, that she had ghosted this person, and she said, oh, that's okay to ghost because you can always come back, and that's called zombied, and (laughs) and that's okay. And so I was talking to this individual, and I was saying that actually – it's more etiquette is to not burn your bridges. And so you know that in, right. in rich in, in business, you, you end on a soft note so that sure. you can always come back. You keep it open. But in today's age, they do what is called ghosting and that's okay. Cause they can come back as a zombie. So, uh, so in this book, it sort of shows you how to dress, how to act, what is appropriate in texting, uh, you know, how much texting should you do. Uh, and I really, really highly recommend face-to-face. I was talking to another person today that face-to-face in sales is the best way to get a sale done. And, and it, no matter where you read it, face-to-face is the best. And if you're texting, you're going to be good, coming, become good at texting, and you need to practice more communication like what even what we're doing on the phone we're talking and so there needs to be more of that and there's not so that's what this book is about it's getting people to live in a world of technology and instead of having technology control you you control technology and use it when you need it meeting people it's not a game by jill robin Payne. Now, Jill Robin Payne, let everybody know how they get a copy or two copies of the book. Okay. Well, you can go to Amazon or uh, Ingram Spark. That's where it's on right now. And then you just go there and you just put down meeting people. It's not a game. Your path to genuine connections through empathy. Outstanding. And if people want to follow you online, uh, what's your social media handle? It's uh, Jill Robin Payne. And then also uh, you can you can get me on I'm, I'm going to make sure I've got it right. It's <laughs> link, link tree Jill Robin Payne, and that has everything on it. That's and got you all can the get links. me. Mm-hmm. But my website is JillRobinPayne.com. You can go there, email me, and I will respond to you. Outstanding. Well, you're one of the best in the business, Joe Robin Payne. I highly recommend you. I've been on the invisible leather couch many times with you, <laughs> and uh, you've always given me the, the best advice possible. And I think ultimately, right, humanity uh, in all of ourselves here, we, we tend to be very complex and very fragile, but we're also very simplistic in many ways. And while Somebody right. could come to you with a with crisis, like, oh, you don't understand it. And you're kind of like, no, I do. You have the exact same problems that everybody else at council has. 
right? Just d- different actors, different different people playing those roles. And, and ultimately, I think people go through so much uh, uh, similar issues. And uh, you've got your work cut out for you to, to help people, uh, you know, get through those things. So Godspeed to you, Jill Robin Payne. Thank you for everything tonight. Thanks, Rich. You bet. Folks, we continue our discussion. Uh, we're going to start Open Phone America very very shortly so you can start calling in now and we're going to continue our political discussion don't go anywhere Welcome back, Rich Valdez, and uh, happy to be here with you. There's a a clip of audio I want to direct your attention to because I think it's so interesting. And it's Hunter Biden, right? As you know, Hunter Biden did a uh, surprise special visit to Congress today where he was, you know, um, the man of the hour. He was going to get held in contempt of Congress. He decided to show up, uh, did what he had to do. Then he's out of there. And he storms out of there. And it's like, you know, now it's all hell breaking loose. Everybody wants to ask Hunter a question. And it's very, very funny to see how it unfolds. But very, very interesting. He's uh, having a conversation with a reporter. Her name. uh, Let me see where to go. Hillary Vaughn. And she um, she asked a very a very specific question and you have to listen to the response uh, because it, 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 it makes all the sense in the world why he's, you know, very hard to find. Listen to this. Why did you put your dad on speakerphone with your business partners if he had no involvement in your business? Do you have a dad? Did he call you? Yes. Did he answer the phone? Yes. Okay. But why did you need to talk to him during business meetings if he had nothing to do with your business? Well, you're dangerous. You're very dangerous. <laughs> so she's, this is a great, uh, such a good clip, right? Uh, again, do you have a dad? Does he call you? Does he answer the phone? And she says, yes, but why did you need to talk to him during business meetings if you had nothing to if he had nothing to do with your business? And Hunter's dumbfounded response is, um, you're dangerous. You're very dangerous. So she's dangerous because she's asking very clear questions of somebody that was in Capitol Hill and, and asked to answer questions. That sounds fair to me. But that's not what happened here, right? There was no viewing of anything fair. This was uh, an out and out um, assault on on the truth, and and this is where we've landed. I think this is so so interesting to me. Now, in contrast, they they did similar to Trump, right? Uh, 
he's saying that this reporter is dangerous for asking a legitimate question. Uh, but when it was time to spy on Trump and use uh, all sorts of um, tactics against him, nobody was really um, complaining about it. There were, they're just, everybody kind of accepts it when it happens to Trump. Anyway, he brought it up in tonight's uh, town hall how the justice system has been weaponized against him. Listen to this. Well, first of all, a lot of people would say that that's not so bad. Look what they did. Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The FBI Twitter hoax. The 51 intelligence agents hoax. All of these different hoaxes that they did. I mean, you know, a lot of people would say that's probably quite normal. I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. Fascinating comments, right? And I love that. He's now on the record saying he doesn't have time for retribution because a lot of people are saying, oh, if you elect Trump, first thing he's going to do is he's going to lock up his political enemies. That's what he's going to do. It's going to be four years wasted. We're not going to be able to see anything happen. I disagree. I think um, he sounds uh, very sharp. He sounds like he's on top of his game. And that's a good thing. Straight ahead, I want to get into um, who's still in the race. Who are we rooting for? Who's uh, Hillary um, going to endorse? Who's she going to be with? Is she going to be with Biden? What's going on there, right? Does she jump in? Does Michelle Obama jump in? There's a lot of questions uh, around that. It's still early in the game. Uh, one thing I know for sure is she'll likely, uh, I'm talking about um, Hillary Clinton now, just because she was in the news talking with um, somebody, I forget who, I just saw an article. Um, but w- there's a lot of emphasis on her. There's a lot of emphasis on Michelle Obama. And I think ultimately none of them matter, right? The the, the ones that matter are the ones that are actually in the race. So we'll, we'll uh, discuss a little bit of that uh, straight ahead. Plus your calls, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. across America to the liberty-loving Latino, Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez. And I want to talk about somebody that I, I was in his employee, Governor Chris Christie, He was governor, um, and I served in his administration. And I can tell you, uh, Governor Christie's a very, very eloquent guy. He's a very, uh, he's a a shrewd politician. Uh, But in this particular race, it seemed like he was not trying to be shrewd as much as he was trying to attack, right? He was on attack mode going after former President Donald Trump. And as I suspected early on, if he didn't let his... um, his light shine if he didn't let uh, his personality come through and really have something to be for uh, as opposed to just being against Trump. 
he wasn't really going to get the gravitas that he needed to succeed. And I think that's um, where we are today, where Governor Christie announced that he is no longer in the race for uh, president of the United States. And uh, we do have some audio on that. Listen to this. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people by doing this. People who believe in our message and believe in what we've been doing. I also know, though, it's the right thing for me to do. Because I want to promise you this. I am going to make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Got it. All right. So there's uh, Governor Chris Christie uh, making his announcement, uh, saying that, you know, he thinks there's some people that are uh, obviously disappointed. And, uh, of course, and then there were people that were thrilled, right, saying it's about time, get out of the way. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes down. Um, tonight, Governor DeSantis squared off against Nikki Haley. And uh, we'll hear a little bit about that uh, shortly. We'll also get into some of that, uh, you know, as we get more of those clips uh, from this evening's debate. We'll uh, break that down uh, tomorrow as well uh, with some post-debate analysis. But uh, that wasn't the end of Governor Chris Christie. He went on from there. Listen to this. Go right ahead. If you put him back behind the desk in the Oval Office and a choice comes and a decision is needed to be made as to whether he puts himself first or he puts you first, how much more evidence do you need that he will pick himself? So Christie uh, continued to uh, take shots at uh, Trump. Uh, he says Trump can't be trusted after saying, you know, how much more evidence do you need? Listen to this one. Our country is angry. It's divided. It's accomplishing little. And it is leading our citizens to be exhausted. Now, here's what I'll say. I don't agree with the messaging that Governor Christie used. Um, I, I tend to um, support President Trump. I think that he's 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 good for this country. He's good for our economy. He's good for a lot of things. But I have to say, Chris Christie didn't even seemingly try very hard, right? Whether it was um, the the practical part of the campaign or the rhetorical part of the campaign, it just didn't seem like he was trying very hard. Uh, he, he mentioned a number of things that I think people weren't extraordinarily dissatisfied about. And and that's why he was able to uh, fizzle out how he did, because he was paying attention to something that not everybody else was paying attention to, my opinion. And this is why he says, you know, you, you can't trust uh, the, the Trump team. I think it's the exact opposite. I think they've spent so much time in the sun. Um and uh, out there on the campaign trail, that this is where where, um, where they are. And um, daylight is the best disinfectant. And I think uh, ultimately when when 
Chris Christie puts himself out there, um, we see what he's about, and he's not about anything right now. And this is a guy who, who can have substantive ideas, but he, he's not about any ideas right now. Um, the light is shining on him, and he's just showing that he's here just to be anti-Trump. So when he says that, you know, Trump can't be trusted, I think people look at that and they say, you know what, I think it's uh, it, it's it's really it's really you and the rest of the Trump detractors that, quite frankly, can't be trusted. And uh, and he wrapped up saying that Republicans need to take a stronger stance against Trump. I don't know if this is necessarily true. I would say that it's not true and that I disagree with it. Uh, but I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. And I want you to hear uh, Christie and his final thoughts. And anyone who is unwilling to say that he is unfit to be president of the United States is unfit themselves to be president of the United States. So that's Governor Christie. Now, he was caught on a hot mic where he thought it was off saying a few things that were interesting. And um, we're going to talk about that in the next segment because I think it's really, really uh, eye opening, if anything so that you could see a little bit about what, what's what and who's who. So uh, keep it locked right here, folks. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. So Governor Chris Christie is out of the race. And of course, there was a separate debate where uh, DeSantis and Haley were debating each other in Iowa, uh, you know, days before the um, Iowa caucuses. And there was a moment this evening where Governor Christie thought that this was it for him, that, you know, he was in private that the microphones were off and he was heard on a, a live mic uh, predicting that Nikki Haley is going to get smoked in the race against Donald Trump shortly before he bowed out of um, the race himself. And this is according to the Um that a lot of people see as something that might help Haley's campaign. The hot mic comment from Christie was quickly uh, uh, touted by Trump as well as Ron DeSantis, each have battled to uh, slow down Haley's momentum uh, ahead of the Iowa caucuses, obviously, on Monday and the new the New Hampshire primary later this month. And uh, let's see. He says, I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far just on TV. $68 million, um So far, 59 million by DeSantis and we spent 12 million. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? So he's, you know, doing a little shop talk there. 
And we have a, a clip of this audio, but I just want to give you the context of it that, you know, he's, you know, doing some political analysis. Uh, I just don't think he thought he was going to get caught out there this way. Listen to this. They don't want to hear it. We know we're right, but they don't want to hear it. Right. And, and there's, you know, we couldn't have been any clearer. Right. We couldn't have been any more, any more direct or worked any harder. So, and you know. And let's not forget she spent $68 million. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, like oh, when you give land to China and places like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. that's gonna, what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far, just on TV. Um, yeah. Spent $68 million so far, $59 million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. she hasn't even And she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Always. I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me, petrified that I would. He's probably getting out of Oh, man. It was just getting good, right? In Spanish, we call that bochinche. The, the achievement was getting good. Uh, DeSantis called me petrified. I want to know what DeSantis was saying, petrified. Uh, I guess um, wondering, you know, who he's going to support, who he's throwing his uh, his his supporters to. Um, I don't know if that was it or not. That's what I would think it's about. But I'm I'm curious to know how that goes and what ultimately happens. We'll see. We shall see. I don't have the answer to that. I do know that he's out, and and that's. Uh, that's news that we can that we can use, right? Because it, it ultimately affects everybody else's race. He was able to um, to to dominate um, so much media headlines, despite not dominating any polls, right? Which I thought was interesting. He was able to get those those headlines. He was able to to get the "We Hate Trump" uh, crowd galvanized, and. I don't know if there's another person that that could pull that off that way. We shall see. Anyway, interested on your calls on this topic and more. I also wanted to uh, let me see. Where is this other one that I wanted to do? Uh, Well, we'll leave that for a little bit later. Uh, But um, actually, we have time. I want to do cut number 30. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he um, he slams. Nikki Haley is unreliable during his debate. Listen to this. You know, I debated the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Um, you know, I thought he lied a lot. Uh, man, Nikki Haley may, gives him a run for his money, and she may even be more liberal than Gavin Newsom is. We are in a situation here in Florida, uh, and as Republicans, you need somebody that is going to be in there and fight for you. And Nikki Haley, anytime the going gets tough, anytime people come down, she caves. When you need someone standing and fight for you, don't look for Nikki Haley. You won't be able to find her if you had a search warrant. <laughs> search warrant. That's funny. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, now, of course, Nikki Haley, uh, she came back at, um, at at Trump. And uh, we have a clip of that. Listen to this. 
I wish Donald Trump was up here on this stage. He's the one that I'm running against. He's the one that I wish would be here. He needs to be defending his record. Right now, he's not defending the fact that he allowed us to have $8 trillion in debt over four years that our kids are never going to forgive us for. The fact that he didn't deal with China when it came to stealing intellectual property. The fact that they gave us COVID. The fact that they've gone and continued to put up Chinese police stations and continue to threaten our military. He didn't do enough to make sure that we were really standing with our friends and doing some other things. What we need is a leader that's not looking at four years and eight years. We need a president that's looking at 20 and 30 years because I want my kids to have a good future. I want them to have one without debt, one where they can read, one with secure borders, one where we have law and order and one where America is strong. Amen to that. Listen, I think so many of us agree with what she's saying. I think the problem is a lot of people don't believe what she's saying. And I don't think that um, blaming Trump is is really going to be the answer. There's too many people out there that are very fond of Trump and his policies. So good luck, Nikki Haley. Good luck, Governor DeSantis. And folks, Open Phone America starts right now. Give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4VALDEZ. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. It's our number three of the program, and uh, Wednesday night, happy to be with you. If you want to join this portion of the conversation, feel free, 833-482-5337 is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. And it's uh, plenty, plenty, plenty to discuss, right? We've got Hunter Biden causing chaos after showing up to his own contempt of Congress hearing. Uh, Governor Chris Christie has dropped out of the 2024 uh, Republican race for president. Uh, A judge has said nope to Trump saying, look, all right, maybe I said I'd let you do it, but not at all. Just to be clear, we're not letting you um, do that. No making your own closing arguments. Uh, Let's see what else we've got. The Ohio House of Representatives overrode the governor's veto of that transgender bill that we uh, talked about a little bit earlier in the week. So there's that. And let's see. Speaker Johnson's treading uh, on on very thin ice over here with uh, some Democrats uh, supportive of the measure that he's putting forward. That's not a good look. Uh, While, of course, we want bipartisanship, I think um, it's safe to say Things that are this contentious likely are not going to be resolved by um, by a simple solution. It's going to take a little bit more than that. And let's see here. 
There's a few other ones here. I don't want to convolute everything by mentioning everything that's out there. Lloyd Austin's still not at work. Secretary Austin's still MIA. Um, you know, I think three or four people know what's going on, and everybody else is like, where is this guy? And who knew, right? <laughs> Nobody was looking for him anyway. Anyway, I want to get into uh, a little bit of audio because there was uh, a few things that I wanted to discuss. Also wanted to, um, of course, invite you guys to call 833-482-5337. Before I broach the uh, next topic, I guess we should stick on what we've been discussing so far. Uh, Let's go to John in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, KFIZ. Go right ahead, John. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Rich, nice talking to you. I listen to your show religiously every evening at work, and it uh, helps, helps me get uh, through the night. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Say, I, I just had a comment on Chris Christie. Uh, yeah. I, I, the other morning, I was kind of flipping through the channels and uh, saw him, uh, you know, speaking at a table, and here it was the view with all the ladies and he was doing of course nothing but bashing trump and the the ladies were just getting more and more excited the more he talked and they were just you know fighting well you know what john for the sake of the audience i want to play that clip so that everybody knows exactly what you're talking about and we have all the context listen to this i mean you've seen what the lens that the people have gone through to make sure his feet don't touch the ground. Do you think that letting him get away with being an insurrectionist is the right way for us to let the country know how we how, what are we no, going to no, do no, the I next think, time we I get another should, one? I think they should try him and convict him in Washington, D.C. and send him to jail for it. And I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. All right. Did he do what he what he's being accused oh, of? Oh, I think he's going to be convicted of it. No, no, that's not, not, not my no, question. She's talking about the 14th section three yes. of the 14th Amendment. I know what she's talking about, yeah. but my Jefferson but, Davis wasn't convicted, but I understand, he but wasn't Jefferson allowed did, to hold office. But he yeah. never tried to again. Okay, so we never tested that, Sonny. Right? It was he never. Test it, it was never tested because Jefferson Davis, if I if you can imagine saying this, the president of the Confederacy had some class <laughs> um, and decided never to run for office in the United States again. That's the point, right? Look, this but, is their well, no, the testing. point is the Constitution, and there uh, is a Constitution, and there's precedent, and I, he needs to be taken out. I, by I the understand. I understand. The that. law applies to him like it applies to it, every it, single person. It, abso- it absolutely should. Yeah, I'm here. I, I was. I thought there was still some audio um, to come. Chris Christie, uh, going back and forth, um, John, as you pointed out, with the ladies from the View, um, beating up on Trump. Only today to, to pull out. What was your reaction to that, John? Well, it just made me wonder if he's got some kind of a hidden agenda here. And is he going to try to run as an independent or, or you know, try to pull some of that Democratic vote? Or I don't know. I, that's kind of why I was calling. I, I was wondering what your reaction was to it. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think. Uh, it's been what I think all along. Uh, I, I, my opinion of, of going to Christie again is that he is a skilled politician. He's a, is a, is a very good rhetorician. 
he can really do what he has to do. But I feel like he didn't bring that fight uh, that that to this fight. He didn't. He his he had one goal here to beat on Trump, just to beat him up, to just constantly dump on him. And that's what he was doing in that clip. And that's what he did, even in getting out of the race. Uh, he was saying, you know, you can't be trusted. Trump, Trump can't be trusted. He, he continued to beat up on Trump, um, whereas I think other people are pulling out and they're like, oh, it, it's not the right time. I don't think I have the votes, blah, blah, blah. I wish everybody good luck. Um, it wasn't like that, right? It was, you know, we've got to stop this guy. He's, he can't be trusted. And I think ultimately that that, that is the problem. His goal here. Was was simply that it was to just dump on Trump and keep Trump at bay to maybe uh, diminish any leads that he could make in in uh, in the polls and stop any gains. And I, I don't think he was successful in that because as much as he beat up President Trump, I think people were listening to that going, yeah, but really it's the economy. Right. And it's the economy. It was the no new wars. It was it was a lot of things that people liked about the Trump administration. And now when they're faced with the prospect of uh, a future that is not uh, even uh, remotely close to the to the type of uh, situation we had when Trump was in office, I think people are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm not interested. And I think that's where we are. So that's that's my um, my take on it, John. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it, it just, there's just so much division out there. And I agree. This, this isn't helping. Yeah, right. I agree. It, it isn't helping. And, and, and that's why I think you need to run an earnest campaign where even if you lose, it's okay. Cause you're saying, Hey, you know what? I think we need to talk about this and people can't talk about this, right. Or whatever issue you want to bring to the forefront. And ultimately that's um, what what people want to talk about is is usually there there is some consensus amongst people of why they they want to um, to have this particular discussion whether it's the economy or the border or whatever and and I think that that was grossly missed or overlooked in uh, the um, in the the current conversation at least that's my thought John in Fond du Lac Wisconsin thank you for your call. Uh, We'll continue with your calls and more straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. No hair, no care, and live on the air, it's Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. And we continue with your thoughts, opinions, and comments 
on what we've been discussing, which is the departure of former Governor Chris Christie from the 2024 race. And let's see, where did I leave off uh, with um, Addie? She's in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Addie, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Oh, thank you for taking my call. My I just want to tell you something. Sure. I, I just got to tell you, Chris Christie, now I'm formerly from New Jersey, but mm. Chris Christie has a problem with with Mr. Trump because, number one, now wait a minute, I got to get my thoughts together. He was kicked off because he was not picked as his AG. He wanted to be his AG. And another issue was Mr. Trump's son-in-law, um, the one that's um, he's the Jewish fella. Yeah, uh, Jared Kushner. I, I think I, I, I know where you're going with this. And what, what eventually happened was Christie, when he was a prosecutor before he was governor, prosecuted a, a pretty large case. Um, and one of the... Um, one of the the uh, litigants in that case was Jared Kushner's dad, and uh, he he ended up winning a conviction on that case, and uh, put Mr. Kushner behind bars. So when Christie was serving as Trump's uh, head of transition, um, there was a shakeup there. Likely, many suspect uh, from from uh, Kushner himself saying, no, we're not going to have this guy um, leading your transition team. And since then, there's been this bad blood uh, between, you know, each party there. Um, It makes sense to me. I don't have any confirmation that that's actually the case of what happened, but it makes a lot of sense as to why they might resent each other. And uh, that part I get. Um, The uh, the other part, uh, I, I just don't get why... Why put um, so much pressure on this? I, I don't know. I honestly, I, I don't have the answer to that, Addie. But you know what? I followed this right from the beginning. And being from New Jersey, which I kind of disliked Christie because he walked the beach with Obama. I mean, the whole issue with him mm. has been terrible. So that's my opinion, sir. And I love Thank your you. show. Oh, well, thank you, Addie. I appreciate it. You can call anytime. I encourage you to call as often as you like. I agree with you. I think that there's definitely some bad blood there. Um, I just don't know if that's enough to like, uh, I'm mad at Jared Kushner, so I'm going to run against you for president. I think that just had to do with, you know, Chris Christie wanted to become president. That's not happening. He spent uh, over a year, maybe two years uh, since um, the revamping of, of, of this uh, of this process and and voila he comes out with this new and improved version of himself that's not so improved and he's just a, an attack dog against trump and i think uh it, it, it's um it's not well served is is my thought but i appreciate your call addy um really really do big shout out to everybody listening on wtma in charleston south carolina uh let's see let's continue uh, with Joe. Joe's in Salem, Arkansas, K-S-A-R. Joe, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Yeah, Rich, two items there. Uh, that at Chris Christie, like a lot of rhinos and the Democrats and all, 
Uh, he's a he's a sore loser. You can really tell the way he acts. Now, if uh, they like to accuse Trump of lying all the time, I don't know of any discernible lies myself, but there may mm-hmm. be a few. And if he has told a, a couple of them, it's because he got it hanging around with politicians. Politics means uh, many bloodsuckers. <laughs> and so they're the and I agree with you earlier. It's the other way around. They're all liars, and then they point point the finger at him. But anyway, I'm glad he's getting out. That's one good thing he's doing. And then back to the uh, let me mm-hmm. let me say something about the uh, sleep divorce. Oh sure. A lot of this, you know, I thought I was the only one that slept on the floor when I got in, so I could see my kids and try to keep peace. Uh, man, a lot, I'm talking with a lot of men that have done that very same thing, and the wife. She's no longer manipulating and controlling. So she ends up 70% in Missouri when I lived up there was um, the women filing. They're much more, I mean, the man is more apt to stay in the marriage sure. and just do what he has to do. But it reminds me of the song <clears throat> I was telling Tom. Uh, there's a good song people need to look up. It, you're just, you're just, it's hilarious. Uh, Vince Gill and, um, let's see, Rodney Crowell. That's the best version. I think there's two or three. But uh, they got a song called uh, It's Hard to Kiss the Lips at Night That Chew Your Ass Out All Day Long. (laughs) You know, it reminds me of, I don't know if it's a proverb or a psalm, but it says it's better to sleep on the roof of your house than uh, under the roof with a quarrelsome quarrelsome wife. And uh, I remember reading that as a young man, and I was like, Really sleep outside on the roof as opposed to inside with your wife because she's nagging you or whatever. And, uh, you know, the longer I was married, the more I understood that. And, and of course, I think, you know, what you bring to the table comes, uh, you know, is part and parcel of it, you know. But uh, fascinating how, how the wisdom literature of the Bible uh, even points stuff like that out. So thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Joe in Salem, Arkansas, K-S-A-R. And uh, we'll continue with the rest of your call straight ahead. I think we're a little too tight to bring you in now. Uh, I see Phil is on the line and uh, Joey's on the line. But if we go to those calls now, you'll be interrupted by the music momentarily. So I want to take this time to, again, remind you that uh, we're, we're doing Open Phone America. And you're welcome to call. The uh, telephone number is 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And if you missed any of the interviews like tonight, we had Senator Roger Marshall uh, and Jill Robin Payne talking about sleep divorce. Uh, if you want to hear any particular interview we did, and, and whether it's a replay or you might have missed it or only caught the tail end of it, just go to the website, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. Rich Valdez America at night.com is the website, and I encourage you to go there. Uh, we're going to come right back to the rest of your calls on Chris Christie and everything else that we're talking about. Straight ahead, don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. And also, uh, feel free to uh, chime in on your thoughts and opinions on the social media. I'm checking those um, during the commercial breaks. And, um, you know, sometimes it's the usual. Um, people that aren't fond of me and they like to say mean things, that's fine. Uh, but uh, every now and again, you get a nugget of wisdom um, or somebody with, with a really cool um, take on something. And um, 
I love hearing those things, and I love sharing them with you as well. So we're doing that straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. We continue our discussion on the debates on Governor Christie stepping away on Hunter Biden showing up on Capitol Hill and sleep divorce. I didn't even know what that was until today, Uh, but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts and stories on it because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there with some very, very good sleep divorce stories. Uh, I just didn't know it was a thing. Now that I do, I want to hear all about it. Anyway, let us continue our journey across the country. Let's go to Butte, Montana, KXTL, and check in with Phil. Phil, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Uh, Good evening, Rich. Great show, as usual. I just have a a quick comment on this Christie situation. You know, bashing Trump. In my opinion, Donald Trump is a true patriot. And loves this country. And I don't, you never hear it mentioned anymore, or I haven't for a long time. Donald Trump, when he was president, never even took any pay. He gave it to the veterans, while the rest of them were stealing it or taking bribes and such. Donald Trump gave his to the veterans and other charitable organizations. My hat's off to the man. I think he's great. And I, like I said before, I think he's a true patriot, loves this country. And I'm sure when he was president, he had many, many opportunities to, to take money from here or there if he so desired. What say you? Yeah, I think I'm with you on most of that stuff. I, I, I don't know um, uh, any anything about potential bribes and stuff like that and that he may have turned down. But I think... Uh, for the most part, the guy's rich and he's got some integrity. He's not there to steal. He was there to make things better. And uh, I think you're you're right on all accounts here. Uh, we, we need to, to find out more and better information than we have. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that. But uh, in, in the meantime, uh, I, I know people are going to build um, the, the fanfare around um, the candidate of their choice. And that's great. 
And uh, for me, that's Trump. I like Trump. And I'm happy to uh, to support him in, in that same regard like you. And uh, we, we will see if, if anybody else can rise to the challenge. I don't think really that's going to happen. Um, I think we're seeing people starting to drop. I think we're going to see DeSantis and Haley uh, in the next uh, week or so. Or, you know, once we get past the Iowa caucuses, I think we'll, we'll see it shape up a little more. And it may go on until the next uh, round. It may go on into Super Tuesday. But I don't see it going beyond that with a ton of um, opposition. Those are my thoughts. Right. Yeah. All right. Very good. That's all I have, Rich. You have a good evening, and thank you for taking my call. It's my pleasure, Phil. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Nice to hear from you. Big shout-out to Butte, Montana, KXTL. Uh, Let's continue. Let's go to the middle of the country. Uh, Let's check in with Joe. Joe's calling from Massillon, Ohio, WNIR. Joe, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Hi, Rich. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I'm just calling about the the, the Chris Christie being on The View. If he doesn't say what he said on there, they'd run him out on a rail. He has to say that around those women or they would just beat him up. I think you're right. Uh, and, and I think it, it's, it's he plays to the audience. He knows what to say to who. And um, and he's good at it. Uh, I'm sure he's got very high approval ratings amongst Democrats, right? Because he's he's really good at, at putting that type of rhetoric together. Um, but ultimately, that's not going to help him anywhere uh, in the United States, right? Uh, except for, for running on the issues that matter to Americans. And I think that's where um, he... he suffered a real disconnect he wanted to just beat up on trump slow down trump um not really uh, position himself for uh success on what he believed and i think that's ultimately what what put him in the situation he's in well that's all i wanted to say because you know you can't go on that show and stand up for donald trump or you'll just get crucified yeah right well of course i mean joey behar uh, th- these people absolutely hate uh, Trump. So it, it makes sense to me that it, it, you would think, sure, they're not going to give you a fair chance. And I doubt that they, they do with anything from um, the makeup you're putting on to to everything else that they deal with on that show. Uh, that if you're if you're uh, for Trump, they're they're coming at you one way or another. At least that's how I see it. Uh, Joe, thank you for the call. Um Big shout out to everybody in Massillon, Ohio, WNIR. Uh, we continue with the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. Plus, there's a um, a teacher that got hit with rape charges after having sex with a teenage student while using other students as lookouts, including the boy's dad, who was now busted for allowing their relationship. That's according to court documents. We'll talk about that and more. On the other side, don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
Rich Valdez, who again will do a fine job, but I know you'll enjoy listening to it. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. And New York Post is reporting that a teacher was slapped with rape charges after having sex with a teen while using other students as lookouts. The boy's dad was also busted for allowing the relationship to continue. And uh, this Missouri teacher, she's been charged with statutory rape for allegedly having sex with a 16-year-old boy while other students served as lookouts. The boy's father also is facing felony charges for condoning and, and um, it says here, disturbing the relationship. I don't understand how you get charged criminally for disturbing an illegal relationship. But anyway, um, LaQuay High School math teacher Haley Clifton Kamek, uh, 26 years old, was arrested in Garden Ridge, Texas on Friday after she was suspected of fleeing the state of Missouri to avoid arrests and uh, other um, you know, accountability measures. And that's according to the police. Wow. Isn't that something? These allegations of sex crimes were committed by Ms. Clifton Kamek uh, started after December 7th of last month. Fellow students alleged that the illicit relationship with the school's resource officer, or the, excuse me, reported it to the school resource officer who immediately contacted the uh, county sheriff's department and dork, uh, excuse me, court documents followed pretty uh, quickly after that. A fellow student reported that the alleged relationship um, occurred and that there were lookouts. That's crazy, right? Using other students as lookouts. The witness then met with law enforcement officials uh, and showed photographs of his classmate with scratches on his back. Wow. Hot and heavy. <clears throat> and honestly, not, not a horrible looking person, this teacher. Don't understand why she couldn't find a guy her own age. Um, anyway, the, the witness also claimed the math teacher had been in trouble with school administrators in the past for being too close with students. Ms. Clifton Kamek recently uh, divorced, is a mother of two, and would often wear tight or low-cut shirts to show uh, off her, quote, headlights and tight leggings that showed off her <laughs> her, her um, other nether regions, according to court documents. The witness told investigators that the victim was... Uh, divorced and trying to push through and that Haley had wanted a divorce due to her husband only wanting to do uh, certain types of acts in the bedroom. This is all according to the the court documents. Detectives uh, confronted the teacher on December 8th and she denied having any sexual relationship with any student. Kind of like a Bill Clinton type of denial. So how's that for uh, what's going on with this woman? But it turns out there was more to it, right? 
uh, it was really out of control. That's a phenomenal story um, that, you know, you get in trouble for this stuff. And, and again, I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm just saying it's just amazing to me that I, I don't remember any anybody um, when I was 16 that was, you know, hooking up with the teacher. I, I don't remember that at all. And that's um, that's just a fact. Anyway, we're going to get your thoughts and opinions on this stuff and more straight ahead. Um, but um, let's check in quickly with our buddy Frank in Evergreen, Montana, listening on KOFI. Uh, Frank, what do you think about this teacher who's been arrested for fornicating with a uh, a student that wore a funny hat? Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, hey, Rich. Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk about the, the Civil War. Yeah. Know, and the the fighting of the for. Of, By the of, way, he wasn't like wearing a funny hat. I was just a the joke. Slaves, the advance, emancipation of slaves didn't really uh, come into focus until Lincoln was really starting to lose his butt. And just before the second term as president, when he was running, he had to free his own slaves, and uh, he knew something was coming down wrong. And uh, he also got rid of his uh, alcohol in his shop and everything. He was starting to go uh, teetotal with the uh, uh, with the women's uh, movement to abolish alcohol. And uh, but it's uh, anyways, it's, it's a strange set of events, but. At the beginning of the Civil War, there was a, a lot of gold in the South. And the, uh, there was a gold nugget that was about 17 and a half pounds in North Carolina. There was a lot of mining discoveries, and the North didn't have all that. And, right. and then the South had production of uh, uh, clothing and uh, cotton mills, and uh, they, had, they wanted their separation from the, the U.S., uh, the North. But it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't all about slavery. As, you know. Yeah, you know, I've heard so many theories of that. And I think ultimately everything has uh, many dimensions to it, right? There's always a lot of levels and layers to things. And there's the big reasons and then there's the little reasons. And sometimes the little reasons support you in making uh, decisions for the big reasons uh, or the big decisions. And... And that's what it comes down to, right? Um, whether it's, um, you know, a push towards um, being dry, like you're saying, and putting an end to, to alcohol, or or it's a, a genuine um, movement inside of his heart where he's just like, no, 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 we've got to stop this now and we can't stop until we're, we're done with it. I, I don't have the answers to all of that, but I do know that there are different types of... Um, motivations. And uh, it's oftentimes why when people come on this show, I ask them, you know, what was the impetus behind that? And it's because I, I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, what was it a uh, hardship? What, what, what was it that fueled and motivated people to make the decisions that they're making? And I think that helps us to understand the, the context of the story as well. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know much about uh, everything you described, but I could, uh, Easily listen to, to everything you've got to say for a, an extended period of time because you, you tell a good story and you really know your stuff. So 
Thank you very much, Frank, in Evergreen, Montana, on KOFI. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Folks, we're coming right back with the rest of your calls and more. We've got calls from California and other places hanging on the line. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. It's Open Phone America. You guys get to call in with your thoughts and comments and opinions on all of the hottest stories of the evening. And, of course, if you disagree, we move you right to the front of the line. I want to go to our buddy David calling us from San Francisco, listening on KVTA. David, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. All right, Rich. Uh, I've called in the past and talked about how the government shutdown is sabotage. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, you know, the GOP or the MAGA types are claiming that they don't want to do a a budget, that the House of Representatives should not put together a budget until the border problem is resolved, right? Well, Mm. it turns out those people are lying saboteurs, as far as I'm concerned. U.S. Rep. Troy Nails of Texas disclosed that the Republicans have no intention of solving the border problem because they want to make Biden look bad. And so later this month, the government's going to shut down. And so they, when you start talking about shutting down American government, you're talking about weights and measures. Uh, If you're going to go to the gas station, do you think you're going to really get a gallon of gas? Do you think they might short you? Do you think uh, do you think the uh, EPA is going to be laid off, and then all of a sudden the polluters are going to be dumping in your back forty? Uh, do you think um, any number of different uh, uh, aspects of American life are going to be ripped apart? Of course, well, I uh, actually do. I, I think we're going to get all of those uh, services. We always do, right? Uh, many people have to work without pay during a government shutdown because that's just how it works. And we see it happen time and again. And then once it's over, they file for retroactive pay and they get it. And half the time they even get a little extra on top of that because of whatever and whatnot, the way it's structured. So um, I can honestly say, I think uh, we'll see all of those things. I I think you you might see some national parks closed, things of that nature that they typically do for the uh, non-essential, essential stuff. But um, everything you're talking about, that's, you know, surrounding our system of energy and and whatnot, I don't see uh, uh, that stuff really being interrupted. It happened last time. It's happened in the previous shutdowns, and all the way back to Newt Gingrich. These people are uh, bank examiners. What? what Well, see, here's my thing. What? Whatever it was that uh, was interrupted during the last one and the one before that, I think everybody that can remember these things thinks. It wasn't so bad, right? We got through it pretty fine. Uh, 
whether it was carrying our items in a uh, in a in a different way, but ultimately we we get through these things, right, David? I I don't I don't remember anybody going, oh my gosh, you know I I, I can't believe that we're having a government shutdown. Um, I think people go, all right, well it sucks for these government workers, but they all get their money anyway. So what's where's the the big detriment? I don't see it. You mean you pay a guy $175,000 a year to be a congressman and he doesn't do his work for two years? Well, I think it goes beyond paying a guy a a salary. I think ultimately it's about Congress has this responsibility to create a budget under the Constitution. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. And that's the consequence of it. David, out of time. Thanks for the call. God bless America. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.